Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is time on this Big Red Monday for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So despite not having their starting quarterback in Week 10, Colt McCoy found a way to win as he completed 26 of his 37 pass attempts for 238 yards and a touchdown and helped the Cardinals get the win against the Rams. So what did you guys see from Colt McCoy and how impressed were you by what you saw from the backup quarterback? I thought it was impressive. You know, he did this last year. He came in and went 2-1 and one when Kyler was out, beat uh, two NFC West teams. They had to win yesterday. Last year, the pressure wasn't there nearly as much as it was yesterday to, to, to survive. Last year, they were just kind of cruising. Uh, I thought he was, he was poised. He was quick. He was decisive. All the things you want, really out of a starter, but certainly out of a backup. And he's a huge reason they won that game, Wolf. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um just watching it and watching these guys these guys go out and compete these veterans that have done it for so long to me it's one of the things i appreciate the most it's um it's one thing to have the talent to play at the professional level and it's another thing to be able to go out and do it as well as they have done it no doubt so nfl.com did their 36 takeaways from sunday And for the Cardinals game, there were three takeaways. One, it pays to have an experienced veteran backup. Two, the margin for error gets slimmer for the Rams. And three, Rondale Moore is rising. What do you guys think? Rondale, I know he had a fumble. Was that last week he had the fumble? But And I know he had a bad drop yesterday. But he has had now basically three straight games where he's been getting better and better each week. Yes. So I, I think that's, that is a legitimate, like, keep an eye on him. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. Rondale Moore has been growing, um, especially over the last month, I would say. They've been throwing the ball down the field vertically to him. This is where he's got to grow the most coming into this season. This is where... He had to grow. All of it was vertically down the field, and we're starting to see that right now. And because of it, I'm really excited to see D-Hop, Rondell Moore, and Hollywood Brown when he comes back. How about his last five, or his last three games, rather? I'm doing this math on the fly. What is that? 24 catches for 255 yards for Rondell Moore. That's the last three games. Pretty good. That's eight catches a game. I can do that math. Earlier last week, head coach Cliff Kingsbury heard there was a 0% chance Arizona Cardinals safety Buda Baker would suit up against the L.A. Rams in Week 10. We'll fast forward to Friday when the safety was spotted back out on the practice field. And then yesterday, Buda helped keep the game out of reach late in the game with an interception. He returned 53 yards. What does Buda Baker bring to the defense energy-wise? 
He's definitely, he was already the fan favorite on this team, right? Even before the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he brings everything. I mean, he's the heart and soul of this team. I, I don't even want to say anything else because he is the heart and soul of this team. It's that simple. Yeah, no, that's a great way of saying it. He brings life to this team. He really does. Um, once again, it puts me right in the middle of the locker room all over again to see somebody like Buda Baker going out there and playing when there, he had no business being out on that field with a high ankle sprain, yet somehow, someway, legendarily so, there's Buda Baker out on the field playing. Not only playing, but thriving. <laughs> Making the play that sealed the deal for the Arizona Cardinals. It seems so fitting that he would be the one to do that, but the impact that he has, it's not just tangibly in between the white lines, it's the intangibles that he brings to all of his teammates. And you could see that yesterday. He brings life to the team. Zach Ertz was knocked out of action in the first quarter. He left the field visibly upset before being carted off. After the game, he was seen in a brace and is expected to miss multiple weeks, according to Adam Schefter. And this morning, our own John Gambadoro tweeted out that there is some hope and belief that the Ertz injury is not an ACL, but they're still waiting to hear. Hey, who's left to get hurt? I mean, honestly, it's 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 ridiculous how many injuries this team has had. And I know it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because they were losing games and there was frustration with other parts of this. But you can't blame anybody for injuries, but that doesn't mean they're not playing a huge role in this. And Zach Ertz is one of the few guys that they've had all season, and now they don't even have him. It's great there's not an ACL injury, but you still, if you're not going to have him for the next month, that's a good chunk of what's left this season. Well, do we have that verified? Not or yet. They are no, still waiting still, to hear. Yes, Correct. they're still waiting to hear definitively one way or the other on that. So, man, let's hope. Oh, my goodness. Let's hope somehow, some way, Zach Ertz is going to be okay because the look on his face when he was... It did It did. No. no, it looked really, really bad. I've seen that look a million times over and over and over again. And it said to me, my season is over. Now, let's hope that's not the case. Maybe he was just feeling like his season was over, but the look on his face was not good, and yet at the same time, you're not going to sit there and take the look on somebody's face and say he's done for the year. You can't do that. Especially with Zach Ertz. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, at 4-6, and six, where do you see the Cardinals finishing in the NFC West? So your choices, first, second, third, or fourth? If they had just if they had won one just of those games against, against Seattle, Seattle, I would say second for sure. Um, I mean, I think you still have to say third. You can make the playoffs yeah. from third. You can do that, but. I- I mean, look, if you beat San Francisco, you could still easily catch them if sure. you beat them. I just think they're the best team in the division. I'll say third. I think the Rams are, are going to finish last. And I think How it'll go. How good does that feel? It feels pretty good. It, it would does. feel better if Seattle was down there with them. I think it goes oh. San Francisco, Seattle, Cardinals, and Rams. Yeah, it feels great that the Rams are dead last. Um, but it feels so much better if the Cardinals were first in the division there. At least being second. Having said that, I have to agree with Luke. I, I think, you know, right now, until you see it, until you see it one more time, until you see it against the 49ers, just like you saw against the Rams yesterday, until you see it, yeah, man, um, I think they're going to finish third. 
So 57% agree with you guys. They say third. 23% say fourth. 15% say second. 4% say first. And you know what? As a, as a former professional football player, should that anger anybody listening to it right now that might play for the Arizona Cardinals? I really don't care if it does or it doesn't. Because honestly, right now, it shouldn't ever matter what a guy says on the radio about your chance of actually winning games or losing games. It should never matter whatsoever. The only thing that a professional athlete should care about is the next game and going out and proving his value, proving his value all over again. That's not even saying that much about what they're going to do. They don't play Seattle again, so you have no control over the Seahawks dropping off. You have control over the 49ers. I mean, look, if you beat the 49ers, it's all up in the air because right now you are two back of Seattle and one and a half back of San Francisco. You don't get Seattle again. You get San Francisco twice. So if they turn this around and start beating San Francisco and they swept them last year, then all bets are off. But you do have to string wins together. And uh, so far, so far we're at one. Uh, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, and Weezer, The Offspring, and much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale, and you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, what can Kyler Murray learn from what Colt McCoy did yesterday? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Cardinals finally beat the Rams. In fact, now they've beat them twice in the last two years, Wolf. That's a lot better than what it was the previous uh, three years. Now we're in that uh, that triangle of, of uh, it's like paper, rock, scissors in the NFC West, right, where the Cardinals could never beat the Rams, but they tend to have success against the 49ers, and they usually split with Seattle, and then San Francisco always beats the Rams, and it's just um, now... Now you you hope it continues because the Cardinals obviously swept the 49ers last year. But yesterday they were able to beat the Rams and Colt McCoy was right there at the center of it. And you could see it. You could see it during the game yesterday. Not you because you were broadcasting it. But I I usually have Twitter open during Cardinals games just to get kind of a sense of what people are are thinking about how it's going. Uh, In fact, I think that's probably one of the best things about Twitter is, uh, is if it's during a live sporting event that everybody's watching. There is... There is the group of, okay, that's great, Colt, uh, but you're the backup and Kyler's the guy. There is the group of, hey, you know what? Let's just take the wins where we can get them this season. Colt played well. If he's got to go again Monday, that's great. Like, if they'll have some confidence in him. And then there's the group that's just like, yep. Colt's better than Kyler. Get Kyler out of here. It's a little hasty. That's one game. Uh, Colt has looked good, I would say, in three of the four games he has started over the last year and a half for the Cardinals. Ideally, Kyler Murray evolves and that's been the issue this season he really hasn't had the opportunity to nor has he evolved I would say this year uh, on the field yes but last year last year he was he was better on the field he put up better numbers they won more games last year it's it's hard to argue with that but that doesn't mean he can't still get better no there's he can still get better there's no doubt about it listen Cole McCoy at this point in time right now what I love about this is Kyler Murray's not a finished product he is not and Colt McCoy and how he played yesterday 
There are some things that this young Kyler Murray, who is still developing, still a work in progress, and I think he would tell you that himself, can really learn from Colt McCoy. He can. This is a big learning day. I've been talking about it all morning long. I'll continue to talk about it into the afternoon right now. I think this is going to be a good learning day for Kyler Murray right now because he's going to be watching the tape. He's already watched the tape, I'm sure. Already watched it with Colt McCoy. Already watched it with Cliff Kingsbury. Already been through the process of looking at the decisions that Colt McCoy was making, the reads that Colt McCoy was making, and learning from what he sees from Colt McCoy. That, to me, really encourages me because I know Kyler Murray is not a finished product. He is not by any stretch of the imagination. He's still under construction and needs to see what a calm, tough, resolute leader does to guys around him and how that high tide floats all boats. This is Colt McCoy after the win yesterday when asked what was different this week about the offense. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, we've played these guys a bunch. We haven't had a ton of success against them. Not in the two years that I've been here. Um, they're the defending Super Bowl champs. They're extremely well coached. I know all their coaches over there. Some of my best friends in the world. And so I, I knew what we were up against. I, I know every time. And uh, for us to come in here and, and uh, find a way to win, um, again, like I distributed the football, but those guys made plays. The offensive line played outstanding. And, you know, it it feels good to win a division game on the road. It's hard to do. You know what it was, Wolf? And and maybe this isn't even – maybe this is just the way it looked. But the whole game offensively, it's not like the Cardinals went out and put up 48 points. Mm -hmm. It just felt like in a season where so many times – it has seemed like the Cardinals have gotten in their own way or they're trying to be too cute. And that's not just coaching. Everybody just thinks that's coaching. It's Kyler Murray running around when he didn't have to or Kyler Murray not running when he could have got three yards for a first down. They're just bouncing all over the place. Yesterday just felt so simplified of, okay, snap the ball. We're not going to snap it over his head. We're not going to take pre-snap penalties. I think they had one or two, but I mean, you're going to have a couple. Um, we're just we're not going to beat ourselves. We're going to get the ball to our quarterback. He's going to get the ball to the receivers quickly. And when we have the lead, we're going to run. It just felt like like, oh, yeah, this is the back-to-the-basics version of NFL football, and that's what they needed to do yesterday, and they won. And I feel like if they had done that all season, they'd probably have another win or two, to be honest. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Listen, um, I love the way that Colt McCoy went through his reads, and you could see it, and that includes the pre-snap read. That's before the snap of the ball, right? And that is so critical for any quarterback. The pre-snap read, of course, and the post-snap breed, but you could tell that Colt McCoy had a really good idea as to where he was going to go with the ball based on the configuration of the secondary and the play that was called and the protection scheme they were going to use. Um, I love that. He made a lot of good decisions as well, and that eliminated a lot of the negative plays that we have seen, especially in that first half. One negative play in the first half. One negative play. Stop and think about that. Ding, ding, ding. We've got a winner. One negative play in the first half, and that's the one thing we've seen an awful lot of, and this is why I'm encouraged, because I think you're going to have Kyler Murray sitting there in that 
in that room, watching that tape, watching the film, hearing the discussion that is going on, and saying, you know what, aha, yes, this is, I get it. Um, It's a learning day for Kyler Murray, and I think that Colt McCoy and the way he played really can pay benefits for this team going forward. And the the relationship between those two um, is huge, because it's not like... I know there's this perception of Kyler Murray because he's a little bit different. That maybe he doesn't want to listen to anybody. Him and Colt McCoy get along very well, and he does look up to Colt McCoy. And now you have a situation, and it wasn't by design, but it's just it's the reality and making the best of the situation. Kyler can go to Colt and be like, "Okay, you were out there yesterday. I wasn't. What did you see?" They've both played the Rams this season. Again, the Rams are beat up and not good, but that's on offense. That's mm-hmm. not really on their defense. Colt McCoy went out there and executed the offense against that Rams defense, and he can tell Kyler, "Look, when they're doing." this we do this right i just i did this yesterday you do it against san francisco if you're out there whoever's out there against san francisco more of that you would like ideally kyler is what we saw yesterday with the extra athletic ability that kyler has here's one of the great things about it as well base is the fact that kyler murray was standing right there on the sideline kyler murray was right there right and he saw the impact that colt mccoy had on not just the receivers not just the offensive line, not just the offense, but on the entire team. When it when a guy is calm and under control, and it's not all the time. Listen, once again, the Tom Brady thing blowing up, Tom Brady on the sideline, I love it. I think it's one of the greatest things in the world. It is leadership. It is to blow up. It, I, as long as you hold yourself accountable, first and foremost, that is one of the definitions of leadership. To blow up. Sometimes it's going to happen in a football game. It shouldn't be every week. I can promise you that much. It should not be. And you've got to be careful. You've got to pick your spots. And I'm hoping, too, that Kyler Murray standing on the sideline could see the impact that Colt McCoy was having on the entire team and how they played as well. And I'm not disagreeing with what you were saying about leadership. I'm just sick of Brady, and they're going to make the playoffs again, and it's nauseating. Um, here's the uh, here's Cliff, who we're going to talk to in about an hour, an hour and a half, at 145. He was asked after the game yesterday on the difference between Kyler running the offense and Colt running the offense. Obviously, you're going to try to maximize what each guy does the best and, and personnel and things of that nature, but it, we were really good in the first half avoiding the negative plays. I think we had 38 snaps and only one negative play. Second half, we had those two big penalties to start, and then uh, the sack when we were driving, which we got to avoid those. But um, he does a great job pre-snap, just recognizing, getting it out quick, and, and getting to those playmakers. Uh, so that's uh, been his deal since he's played. I don't know his stats in the last, whatever, four or five starts he's had for us, but it's, it's efficient. It's... Uh, you know, playing at a high level. It's a much cleaner game. But here's the thing, Wolf, and I want to give Colt McCoy all the credit in the world because he deserves it. But it being a cleaner game, that's not just him. I mean, he had, he had four new offensive linemen basically out there playing a pretty clean game. And for a backup to step in, like you would think it would be more likely you'd have the pre-snap penalties with a backup in there running the offense, right? I mean, it, as much as it doesn't yeah. make sense that they can't get out of their own way in Week 9, 
you would have given him a little bit of leeway. Hey, it's week ten. You got your offensive lines decimated. You got the backup quarterback. There's going to be some pre-snap penalties. There's going to be some negative plays. And then there weren't any. This team just defies logic both ways all the time. It feels like. Let's hope that continues, though. Text us your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, the Suns are in Miami tonight to face Max Struess and the Heat. His name came up quite a bit this weekend. Kevin Ray of Valley Sports will join us next for game day with K Ray. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. It is time for game day with K Ray, Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us right now as the Suns get set to wrap up this four game road trip in Miami this evening against the Heat. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is K Ray. K, what's going on? How we doing, gang? Doing good. Get in there, gang. Um, little Suns. I don't know totally what's going on here. I mean, it's way too early to be worried, but uh, maybe we do know what's going on. They are missing scoring without Cam Johnson. It looks like. Yeah, you know, missing scoring uh, from Cam, playmaking from CP3. Uh, you know, they they were without Landry Shamit the other night after he had gone for 16 in the win against Minnesota. He won't be available tonight. Um, Chris is questionable. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean and say probably won't play. Don't know that for sure, but. Um, you know, look, every team experiences guys being out, and you just you got to find a way. No, I'm with you on that one, Kay, right there. How about DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> How about DA? What do you see from DeAndre Ayton in the last few games? Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's hard to say. Um, you know, he, he got off to a strong start early against Minnesota um, and then really, you know, really wasn't necessarily needed. Everybody else was, was playmaking. But, you know, look, uh, and I think we touched on this a little bit Friday, um, there, there's no denying the, the rebounding numbers are down and, you know, not down one or two. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't see or pick up on on anything that would suggest there's anything going on, but uh, yeah, I think in a roundabout way to answer your question, Wolf, he, yeah, he's he's got to be better, especially when you're missing uh, all those other guys. You you have to find a way. I go back to you know a couple of years ago with Monty. I mean, you've got to find a way to impact the game, not just through your offense. You you have to you know do things to make it easier for your teammates. You have to rebound. You have to defend. Um, and so all of those things need to come together. And yeah, it, it's still early. You know, we're we're talking about 12, you know, 12 games in, but um, it needs to start, you know, there needs to, to start kind of an ascension, if you will, of springing uh, solid games together. And, and tonight is a great night to do it uh, because this is a Miami team that uh, is vulnerable in the paint and DA has historically played well against them. So we'll, we'll see. To put that in perspective, DeAndre Ayton right now, 
Wolf and K Ray. K Ray Priority knows this. 40th in the NBA in rebounds per game. Yeah. A guy that, that, no matter what you thought of DA, you just assumed, okay, he'll at least, you know, he's, he's good for 18 and 12 every night, right? He is 40th in the NBA right now, averaging 7.3 re- rebounds a game. Just a couple spots ahead of Steph Curry, who you don't yeah. think of as a huge yeah. rebounder. Uh, Kevin Ray joining us right now for game day with K Ray. K, I, the, the reports over the weekends, there was one out there saying, yeah, the Suns, if they're going to trade Jay Crowder to Miami, who seems to be a team that wants Jay Crowder, uh, they, the Suns are going to want Max Struess back. I don't believe they're getting Max Struess for Jay Crowder, but do you get any sense that the Jay Crowder saga may be coming to an end here soon, or are we going to be waiting around for a while? Yeah, I wish I could provide uh, some kind of uh, additional insight. Um, there's there's nothing that I have seen or heard, and I just landed from Green Bay an hour ago, so I haven't even been with the team the last uh, couple of days here in Miami. But I, I, I've been I've been and seen no indication that it is going to come to a head anytime soon. And yeah, Max Bruce would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> he, he went he went for thirty one in their victory against Soul. against Charlotte on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much shut that down when when that report came out, and then he put up thirty one. By the way, Green. Bay to Miami. That's that's quite the difference. That is what a frying pan in yeah. the face. That is right there. 20, tw- 28 this morning on the wake up call, and I landed to 85. <laughs> that's sweet, Kay. Way to go. Listen, when you look at the Western Conference right now, who do you think's the best team in the Western Conference? Man, it, you. I mean, you you got to look at what Utah's doing. Everybody's like, "Oh, come on, Utah! They're they're supposed to be in the tankathon, right? They're supposed to be in the in the Wimby sweepstakes." But they just keep finding ways to win, guys. And you know, at some point, you got to go. Uh, well. <laughs> Maybe Danny Ainge and this new young coach really had things figured out. Um, that being said, you know n- nobody is is running away with it. I don't. I don't think Utah is head and shoulders above anybody else. I mean, you look at the, the standings right now. Portland sitting there at number one. And you got Denver, Utah, and the Suns are right there in the number four slot. So, I don't think anybody is playing really their best basketball. In fact, EJ and I were talking about it on Friday night after the game. But I, I think it speaks to maybe the level of defense that's being played or not played. You know, guys, there are eight players in the league who are averaging more than 30 points per game. Wow. That's eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Stunning. is an absurd number. Um, so I think clearly, you know, teams are still kind of figuring things out. But uh, Western Conference, I'll, I'll give it to Utah right now. That could change in the next seven to ten days, though. I, I would hope that it does. <laughs> That'd be very strange if Utah's <laughs> going to be this good. Uh, talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, K Ray, you talk about not playing your best basketball. Friday night in Orlando was definitely not the Suns' best basketball. They ended up losing that game by 17 to an Orlando team that didn't even have Paolo out there, but campaign 22 more points. He had 23 in the previous one. You know, you'd like to have Chris Paul out there, but we are seeing again if Chris Paul can't play, campaign's not a bad alternative for a few games. 
No, he's not. And, and the thing that I love seeing uh, about it and with Cam guys is is we're we're seeing the campaign from you know that NBA Finals run, and he's running the team. He's running the team efficiently. You know, uh, defending as well as you possibly can defend. You know that that, that harassing defensive style. Uh, but he, he's he's taking good shot selection, and you know he was five of ten from three the other night. So to have that three point stroke back is significant for him because of his speed and his handle, then that allows him to get around the defender who's going to come crashing out on him. And then, you know, you, you hope you open up the floor. It was it was tough the other night against Orlando because uh, we felt like in the first seven minutes, the Suns were getting great looks. I mean, Book and Bridges both had great looks, shot they normally make, and they just weren't falling. You know, Mikel had a season low uh, three, you know, twenty three percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you tip your cap to Orlando, and uh, that that is a team, boys. That uh, keep your eye on them because th- they they have got some young studs. And Jamal Mosley, their coach, I really like him. So uh, Orlando, while they floundered for what seems like the last decade, have uh, stocked up on first round picks, and uh, they've made some good choices. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, man. We'll talk to you again. All right, gang. Have a good one. Sorry, brother. That's uh, game day with K. Ray right there. Kevin Ray calling in on the Arizona Sports Line. We'll talk to him again. I went the Suns play Wednesday against Golden State, who has been bad. I think Utah is starting to show its colors right now. I think they've lost the last couple of games, and I know they got off to a super hot start. I'm just not buying it. They're over under for wins. I saw 24, and I saw 22 for the season. Wow. They're already at 10 and 5. 10 and 5. It, it makes sense, right? I mean, there's going to be a stretch. Let's just live in reality here where we're going to get with a month or two left in the season where there's going to be six or seven teams that are mysteriously all their best players are hurt because everybody wants Wembenyama. Uh, and Utah made a lot of sense on paper of, of going to be one of those teams, but man, they are off to quite the start. And right now you've got Minnesota and Golden State outside of the top ten in the West. That's how upside down it is. Yeah, the Utah, though, they've dropped their last two yeah, games. So maybe that's maybe the start they're of, coming back, yeah. I believe. Uh, Alright, we come back, back to football. How did the defense just shut down Cooper Cup again, this time without Byron Murphy. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Back here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, it is Wolf and Luke on a Big Red Monday, a Big Red Victory Monday. Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury will join us in an hour to uh, wrap up the show today. But Wolf, we got to get back to talking about this defense. Uh, there's a few different directions to go. They all lead, in my mind, to Buda Baker even playing in this game and just the boost that that has to give a team. It just felt like the bar was raised going into this game when number three was out there on the field. And uh, uh, and Buddha spoke after the game about the defense winning first downs. Yeah, we always talk about winning on first down. You know, winning on first down, getting them to a second and seven plus situation. And nine times out of ten, they're going to throw the ball from there. So winning first down, getting to third down. And uh, once they get in the paint, try to give them only three, not a touchdown. So uh, we did we did a good job. 
That was yeah. pretty clearly a point of emphasis, offense and defense, for the Cardinals, because we heard Cliff say that after the game, too, on offense. You're talking about getting it into the red the red zone? Is yeah, that just, what you're saying? Well, well, he said the paint. Yeah, and, and, but, I mean, but Cliff, after the game yesterday, was like, we didn't, when he's talking about passing on the first 11 plays, yeah. didn't want to be in second and long, win first down, and then you have Buddha right there saying, defensively, we got to win first down, put them in a position where we know they are going to have to pass. Yeah, you know, once again, the defense, I, I am so encouraged from time to time when I see this defense gel and go out and play, and I know their numbers aren't great, but their eye test is so much better than the numbers that are out there right now. I thought the defense played well, and I really don't want to hear about backup quarterbacks. I mean, the Cardinals were a mess and are a mess in the training room, and they found a way to hold Sean McVay and the Rams to 17 points. You know, I'll, Which is I'll, more than the Rams average this year, actually. Exactly. What are you going to say John exactly. Wolford was the difference? No, they were averaging 16 and a half. And you know, you bring up John Wolford. I mean, he threw for 212 yards and had a quarterback rating of 79. He wasn't very effective. And Bryce Perkins was a footnote for the most part, right? But they did play two quarterbacks, came out with a two-quarterback system, and neither of those quarterbacks actually worked. Um, Cooper Cup, what, he had three receptions for minus one yard. Three receptions for a minus unbelievable. one in terms of his pass, his receiving yards. He was targeted five times as well. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson thought they did a good job against them. I, I, Isaiah Simmons is somebody that I gave a game ball to. Yeah, I thought he played so well. Seven solo tackles. Uh, had a big tackle for loss in that fourth quarter. One huge pass defense, of course. He knocked the ball out of the hands of the Rams receiver Brandon Powell into the air and Buda picked it off to seal the deal. Um, another play, another play by Isaiah Simmons that changed the course of a game, potentially. Let's go back to Cooper Cup for a second, too, because he had negative one yard yesterday. Yes, he got hurt. It was in the second half, though. Usually by that point in the game, Cooper Cup has nine catches for 80 yards. Yo. He, didn't, he had negative one yards. Byron Murphy didn't even play. Okay, Earlier this season, Cup had four for 44 against the Cardinals. Anybody who needs context, just look at, at Cooper Cup's game log. It's it's routinely, oh yeah, 11 catches for 122 yards. Okay, 13 catches for 147 yards. Like Cooper Cup's numbers are surreal when you look at them game by game. But those two games against the Cardinals this year, he had 43 yards on, I think it's seven catches. I think he had three catches for negative one yesterday. And then even last year, I'm going to set aside the playoff game. He didn't have amazing numbers, but the Rams had that game in, yeah. in, in hand. He had a big game against the Cardinals on December 13th, 13 catches for 123 and a touchdown. That's a typical Cooper Cup game. But then even the first one, 5 for 64 when the Cardinals won in L.A., yeah. that's three of the last four regular season games where the Cardinals have essentially shut Cooper Cup down as much as you're going to. And yesterday they completely shut him down. How much of that is just Vance Joseph? It feels like a lot of that is Vance Joseph. It feels like a lot of it is Vance Joseph, no doubt about it. Sometimes, man, it's this is the way that it is in the National Football League. Sometimes you just have another guy's number. And it's I a good guy's number whatever, to have. Exactly right. For whatever reason, I think Vance Joseph is that guy for Cooper Cup and the Ramps. I also want to say this right here. J.J. Watt, man. 
J.J. Watt made some huge plays, and these huge plays that he makes really tend to inspire his teammates once again around him. We see this happen with Buda Baker. This is a hallmark. This is a calling card of great players. They make plays that really inspire their teammates, and J.J. Watt is one of these guys. Now listen, did he do everything perfectly? He did not. He had a couple of big penalties. He did. That really hurt him on one possession in particular. Should have had a touchdown, though, too. He should have had a touchdown. It wasn't his fault he didn't get it. Had a huge sack and led all pass rushers with five quarterback pressures. Think about that for a minute. The closest was three. Somebody else had three. Most guys get one or two a game. He had five quarterback pressures. J.J. Watt, man, was an impact. He was a huge influence on the defensive side of the ball. That was a big part of this because I think part of the pay, uh, like path to success for the Cardinals yesterday was having J.J. Watt outperform Aaron Donald, which is not easy to do, even if you're J.J. Watt, right? But Aaron Donald really was not the factor that he typically is in a game, and J.J. Watt was. Now, you mentioned he had the back-to-back penalties, but he also had the pass rush and the pressure, like you just pointed out, and he did have a touchdown that, that got... He didn't get called back. They blew the whistle too early, but he should have had a touchdown. And I wasn't exaggerating earlier when somebody did tweet to him this morning and say, what did they, they, they were like, yeah, you got screwed, and so did I, because they had some sort of bet where if, if the Cardinals defense scored a touchdown, they would have won like a 1000 bucks. And he's like, yeah, we did. DM me. We'll figure this out. So... Not exactly J.J. Watt's responsibility, but that's how he's handling it this morning. But he should have had a touchdown yesterday. And when you talk about just the soul of this defense, it is Buda Baker. But let's not forget that J.J. Watt came back from a pretty tough medical thing just a couple weeks ago and just played that week, too. Yeah, Those guys, you, you can't keep them off the field if there's any way they can get on the field. Well, try to remember as well when they were rolling with J.J. Watt. I believe there were 7-2, and two, as a matter of fact, with J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Um, last Last year, um, J.J. Watt has a huge impact. So does Buda Baker. We all know that. One of the guys that I'm really interested in at this point right now, the rest of the way, a guy that I want to see develop and what he possibly might turn into is my Jay Sanders. We've talked about my Jay in the game that he had yesterday. It was the best game that I've seen my Jay Sanders play. Yep. It wasn't even close for the most part, right? Had five tackles, um, one huge strip sack, and had a tackle for loss, a quarterback pressure, a pass defensed as well. My Jay Sanders, man, we just might have to start calling him RJ as an our Jay. Okay? <laughs> not your Jay. Not your, my Jay. Not my Jay. Our Jay. We're all going to have to share him because um, what are you becoming, big guy? He's the guy they got back in the Hollywood trade, too, right? That trade ultimately was that, that pick, that first-round pick, and they got back Hollywood Brown and MyJ Sanders, the pick they used for MyJ Sanders. Yes, but to watching him play yesterday, he was playing with a confidence level I have not seen from MyJ Sanders. I have not seen it. He was acting definitively playing that edge, and I loved what I saw, how aggressive he was coming off of that edge. I, I am very, very in- interested to see where MyJ Sanders goes at this point. Here's Cliff after the game talking about the upside of MyJ Sanders. 
Yeah, he's he's got that. There's no doubt. You know, we've been on him about just being, um, you know, at your best every day and being a pro. And you've got Hall of Famers around you that you can watch and learn how to do it. And he's taking that to heart. And his, his even his scout team reps, he goes full throttle, and it's helped. And uh, I think he'll keep coming on. That'd be huge. That would be. If they, because right now J.J. Watt is still leading your team in sacks, and it's not all about the sacks with the pass rush. It's pressures, and it's all these other components. But you do need to get some sacks, too. And uh, they need, and that was the plan going into the season, have one of these young pass rushers or maybe a couple step up. And you're right. My Jay Sanders, I thought he looked good at times in camp. But as far as games, we hadn't really yeah. seen him do what he did yesterday in until camp, yesterday. Camp don't count. Camp, camp don't count. Camp don't count. It does to make the roster. Yeah. Of course. But after that, to prove you can play, camp don't count. All right. When we come back, what stood out to Gambo and the Cardinals win over the Rams in Los Angeles yesterday? We're going to ask him next in Big Red Crosstalk. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.